Good morning, my fellow Virginians. This is Curtis Fitzpatrick, We the People 2020. It's May 30th. Um, I want to have a big shout out there to my good buddy, Mark Zeckenberg. I just want to say, man, you're the man, but please don't shut my platform down. Um, Another big shout out to our beloved Fuhrer and comrade Northam. Um, running this state like it was a communist one. We love you, Governor. Uh, well, we'll get down to business. Um, on my uh, agenda to talk about today is the black versus white or white versus black issue that's going on right now. Um, to you people who don't pay attention, I'll point it out to you, but I'm guessing most of my listeners have noticed it. It seems like um, every four years... This big racist thing pops up, and now we're um, hearing a lot more about the Black Lives Matters group. Um, not saying I hadn't heard about them in the last four years or anything, but they sure quieted down quite a bit. Election year, man, they're all over the place. Um, it, it about blows my mind, but you know, it's, it's very important that you pay attention to these things because I'm going to tell you and it doesn't matter if it's the liberal media. Well, really, most of it's liberal, but you know, Fox News isn't hitting on that much. But um, I actually prefer to use the liberal media because they're so backwards, you can read them like a tea leaf. And um, it's very important that you pay attention to these news outlets because uh, one way that I judge engage things that are going on is just um, – just follow the news and see what their top trending stories are. And if you actually keep track of it in your mind, you can, you'll start to see patterns. And the thing is, I don't think I've mentioned it in my um, other podcast, but one thing I had noticed, and this was four or five years ago, it would have been before the, um, that big Trump in, uh, election. Um, so it would have been like 2016 or maybe 2015. It was a little. It was before the election, but the uh, Ebola virus was like in the news like every day, and it trended for eight months, I think, if I remember right. And the day after elections, they stopped. Like you had to really dig through the news to find it. Um, and so that's like what I'm getting at is. You can use trends or you can look for these trends to see what agenda they're pushing. And the thing is, it really – I caught on to this one really, really quick because since this coronavirus has started, I've been very um, – paying extra attention to the news. And you know, you don't just read the trending stories. You go down the list and you look at everything and then you do it the next day and the next day and you can start to put patterns together and – um I'll say that this race thing kind of came out of the blue sky because nothing was being said. And then when the COVID thing started letting up a little, bam, racist things started. And I about fell out of my chair the first one I saw because it just it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, oh, my God, here they go again with the racial rubbish. But um, the thing is, it's very plain and simple what's being done. Your liberal media, which is run by our favorite leftists, is trying to do the all-time classic, and it's a classic, divide and conquer, and that's what's being done here. You know, I'm going to quote from my favorite book of all times, the Bible, and it's Mark 3.24. It says, and if a kingdom be divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand, and that is a fact.
and what they're doing. You know, if you've listened to my other podcast, that I pretty much feel that everything the liberal um, hierarchy is doing is pushing us towards a socialistic country. That's what they want. And it all fits in. It's like a big, big, ugly picture, puzzle picture. Um, It all fits. But the thing that they're using in this other part is the divide and conquer. So not only, you know, you know how what I think about this agenda with the COVID and all that rubbish that they're using, but divide and conquer is even better way. And um, stirring up this black and white thing is a really effective way to do that. You know, just some background on it. I'm not going to um, stick my head in the sand and say there's not literally for real, a black and white issue. There is. There has been for as long as I've been around and then some. Um, There will always be a black and white issue. That's just human nature. And it's sad, but that's the facts. That being said, we're not saying that it doesn't exist because it does. But what they're just like the virus exists, but what they make it out to be isn't what it is. And that's what's very, very important about this. Um, like I said, they'll pay attention to the news. They started playing it. Um, and now they're starting to, um, do the little things like somebody videotapes somebody. I don't know if you've seen that or heard of that video of that lady. I think it was in New York city. It might've been in central park that a black fella asked her to put her dog on the leash and she flipped out and called the police. I don't know if any of you seen that video. It's not worth watching, but they're making a huge racial deal out of it. And the truth being told is, in all honesty, the woman was a was an absolute psycho, and she shouldn't have done what she did. And, um, you know, she might very well be a racist. I don't know. But that's really irrelevant in my point. They should have just arrested her for making a false 911 call and just been on our business, and that shouldn't have even made local news. For something like that to make national news is ridiculous. Yeah, the woman was a, a racist and a nasty person. And the thing is, I'm more I'm more concerned about her falsely accusing people than being a racist. I mean, I, I do hate to break this to you Americans, but it's not illegal to be a racist. It's illegal to lie, say somebody committed a crime against you that they didn't. It's illegal to assault people or to kill people. But for me not to like you because of your color... As long as I don't do, say, job discrimination or something like that or housing discrimination, it really isn't a crime. It's really your right. Um, and when I say that, I am not supporting that because I can I can sum up racism pretty simple. Racism is a mix between ignorance and pride, two things that God really loves. Not really, but you know what I'm getting at. The thing is, yeah, racism isn't right. God don't like it. I don't like it. Most people don't like it. But the deal is, it's still something that's there and you're going to deal with a little bit of it. That's just the facts. Um, But what I'm getting at is all the things that are going on in the world right now. Some woman calling the police on a a black fella and, and doing all that is hardly my biggest concern. And I'm quite frankly, I'm glad the guy videotaped it so he didn't get in trouble and whatever. And, you know, lady was an idiot. But the deal is that stuff shouldn't be making national news. You know, I seen another video. It was one of the one of the first ones that had come out since they started pushing this racial thing. But it was about a um, a delivery guy. I think he was in, um, I think it was Oklahoma. It might have been Oklahoma City. But he, long story short, he like took a, uh, well, no, he didn't take a wrong turn. He was delivering. He was a tractor trailer guy and he was delivering to a house in a, um, a gated community. 
and the the uh, president of the homeowners association for that division like blocked him in and wouldn't let him out because he was demanding to know stuff and the thing and they were made, and of course he was white and the driver was black and so it was a big racist thing made out of it over the internet but the thing was quite frankly was the driver the black guy didn't do anything wrong he was doing his job and he had a right to be upset but um the um, president of the homeowner association was a jerk, was an absolute jerk, and he was being a punk, and whatever. And the thing is, what makes me laugh is, you know, I used to do exactly what that fella did, that truck driver, and I'd go into place. And you meet people that are total jerks, and they do mean stuff to you. And it wasn't that they were necessarily they didn't like me for my color; they were just jerks. And so, even if they didn't like me for my color, it really doesn't matter. I mean. That's where I kind of laugh at the thing with like hate crimes. Okay, so I go shoot a black guy dead because I hated black people. Okay, that's terrible. Okay, so I go shoot a black guy because I love black people, but I just like killing them too. Does that make the crime any better or worse? I mean, I killed the guy. And so that that's kind of the thing. with like, I don't care if you hate the color or not. The thing is just, you know, if you do something wrong to somebody, you did something wrong. It doesn't need to make national news because somebody did something because they might possibly not like a certain race color. Granted, there are a bunch of ignoramuses for acting like that, but it hardly deserves national headlines. Off of that, that's why they're pushing all this stuff. And it does because it can get your blood boiling when you see stuff like that. And it goes down to the doctrine of the divide and conquer which they're working really hard to do. And so that's why the liberal media is playing it, and they're playing more and more. So let's get back to this guy. I What is his name? Floyd George or something like that who was strangled or whatever the cop did to kill him. I hadn't really watched the whole thing because I really don't care because here's the deal. Four or five years ago, that's all you heard. I did, what was that idiot? Michael Brown, the guy that like tried to kill a cop and the cop killed him and they burned down the city, all that mess. Same stupid rubbish. You got a black guy who committed a crime and you got a white cop that, well, I will say that with at least with the Michael Brown, I mean, that was totally justified shot. I would have shot the guy. As for this, this fella that just got strangled, that's a little dicey. And I, I think that it's, um, you know what? I was going to get to this later, but I'll hit it right now. That cop is being tried for murder or manslaughter. Um, and I think that's absolutely appropriate. So it's kind of like, okay, why is everyone all upset? A crime was committed. It's going to be brought to court. A jury of 12, it'll be decided. There's no point in protesting. Um, but what I'm trying, what I was trying to point out though, is you hadn't really been hearing much of this stuff for the last four years. It's been a lot of undercover. You hadn't heard it. It was, it was big before the elections. But after the elections, you don't hear as much about it. It's because they're trying to divide the white and black deal. Um, and this is a really good way to do it. What, the feeling right now that they're trying to push, and it was very successful last time, is they're trying to make the black Americans feel like white people can kill them with no consequences. That is what – so what I want you to th think right now is um you know if you're if you're a white person i want you to to imagine that you are a black person and that you think all the white people want to not only want to kill you but they can and if they do they'll get away with that if you put yourself in their shoes and think like that you'll be like that's very upsetting thought like man i'm a really good person these these people want to kill me that's what they're trying to put in their mind now 
if you're black, this is what you need to think for the white people. How they're making it look for us is, oh my God, something happens and these black people can go burn down the city, rob and steal, and don't get in trouble for it. And that scares us. And so it's it's a perfect storm because in essence, it makes the white people like, dang, we need to get our guns and, and shoot these people. So in essence, it's almost like they're egging us on to want to kill one another. And that's about the most horrible th- – that is about the most un-American and horrible thing you could do. Um, I'm sure for everyone out here listening to me, whatever color you are, I'm sure you have friends and family and, and all types of stuff that, that might maybe be of a different color. And the truth being told, if you're, if you're an American and more important, if you're a Christian, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's just a, it's just a pigment. It, it's so irrelevant. Yeah, there might be different cultural stuff and all that stuff, but you know what? We got something in common. We're all Americans. What's the problem? The thing is, you know, I was actually ironically in a gun store this morning and um, I got to talking to the owner and then these two fellas came in. It was a white and a black guy and we actually got on the subject and this black guy was about saying everything that I was saying. Man, I felt like walking over and hugging him. I'm like, man, this guy is a true American. The thing is, he's not letting this ridiculous, um, ridiculous news um, pervert the truth. And the truth is the average black American doesn't want to rob, kill, or burn down your neighborhood. Yeah, there's a few of them that do. And there's a few white cops that want to kill black people too. But for the majority, that's not how it is. But the news is pushing that and pushing it and pushing it, which is causing a lot of fear, hatred. And like you see, they, I, um, I think they said that there is protest in 30 different U.S. cities right now. That's a lot. That is a whole bunch. And it doesn't make a, a bit of sense. Like I said, the cop is being tried. I, um, they might be trying several of them, but the one that actually pinned the guy down is being charged. And what more do we want? But they're just going to put it out there and put it out there. You know, white people, white people, they're killing the blacks. They're killing the blacks. Um, so that is that. Divide and conquer. And I want to point these numbers out to you to help support that. Therefore, according to the U.S. Census, and this is not an updated because, you know, this is 2020. They hadn't let out the numbers for this, um, this decade. But um, 198,000 whites in the United States. And there is supposed to be 42,000 blacks. And... 52,000 Latinos. So, you know, how accurate are those numbers? I don't know. If you if you filled out your census here last month, um, you know, they don't exactly come by and do DNA testing to prove that you're white, black, whatever else you claim to be. So how accurate that is, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. It's a U.S. census. We'll, we'll leave it be. But, um... So, you know, imagine up here in one corner, you got the 198. Down here, blacks, 42, Latinos, 52. If those, I know it seems like the whites are the the, uh, majority. Of course, according to these numbers, we are. But the thing is, you've got to remember, um, just because you're white does not mean that you're on the same political, moral, um, financial playing field. 
So these, these numbers are strictly talking about actual race. So I'm dividing it into just cut and dry, black and white, no pun intended, to make it easier because it's just there's so many factors in all of this. But basically you got 198,000 whites, 42,000 blacks. Well, the thing is, you know, if we were to literally pit these two against each other, obviously, like pretending these were um, armies, I think we know who would win. You know, 198 is, is 1,000 is way more than the 42. But the deal is, like I said, not everybody is on the same side or page or beliefs and all that mess. So that actually makes these numbers a lot less. But the truth being told is if you get the 42 fighting that, 198, it weakens the power of both. And then you got the Latinos, the 52. Um, they don't pit the Latinos as much against the blacks as they do against the whites. So that's putting forces against the whites, 52, 42. So what's that, 94, 94,000? Well, that almost just made up half. And then, like I said, you have to do, um, and then you can actually divide that would leave you with almost 100,000. You can divide that in half because like I said, you know, politically you could probably divide the whites in half. So that makes it fairly even fighting field. And the thing is, the whole purpose of this though is for the left agenda, which is socialism and all the rubbish that they peddle. Divide and conquer. There you have it. Um... I'm not sure if you're familiar with this doctrine. I made it up myself. It's called the Fighting Kids Doctrine. But you know, like, you know, if you got a couple of kids, you know, it's getting late at night and you got all the kids start fighting. You know, it's not quite bedtime yet, but the kids aren't getting along. What do you do? You put them to bed. Okay, kids, it's time to go. But mom, it's, it's only 7 o'clock. Our bedtime's not till 9. No, you just lost your privileges. You're all going to bed, kids. That's what they're trying to do. Um, as a conservative, um, what we believe is we don't believe the government to be our parent, but we believe the government to, I don't want to say be our peer, but the government is what we want them to be. And, you know, we have the Constitution, Bill of Rights is our foundation, but um, the government is for the people, from the people, sort of deal. And the thing is, but with this doctrine, it's there are parents. And the thing is, I don't know what type of parent you are. You know, if you're one of these uh, crazy uh, liberal parents that lets your kid make all his own decisions, but um, I'm not. Um, I'm a traditional parent, and my, my kid doesn't make many decisions, especially now being he's only a, <laughs> a year old. But that's besides the point. Um, the kids aren't allowed to make all their decisions. Because they're children. That's why they call them minors. That's why an adult, you know, adult supervision, we know what's best for them. You know, that's what the liberal socialist government wants. They are the parent. They're going to tell us it's time to go to bed. They're going to say, hey, Johnny, you don't need, you don't need an assault rifle, little Johnny. Assault rifle's dangerous. Assault rifles are bad. You can't have one, Johnny. That is what they want. They want to take, or even better, you can't go to church there anymore, Johnny. It's not safe to go to church. Um, socialism hates religion, especially Christian religion. 
As a parent, you can dominate where your kids go to church or what religion they are, period, what things they own, do, watch, censorship um, of anything they watch or listen to, um, anything they say. You monitor what they, what they say. And the thing is, as of an actual parent, you know, certain strictness is definitely not a bad thing. Like I said, um, I'm still a fairly new father, but I definitely am going to practice be probably a little bit more on the strict side than the, the not strict side because I don't want to raise a, a little heathen. But um, the thing is, I mean, obviously, as a parent, you have to you know, make a lot of decisions for your your children as they grow into adults. But the thing is, politically, this country was not founded for us to have parents. This isn't big, heck, big brother, it's big father. That's not what the founders built when they constructed our constitution. And um, that's where this, the fighting kids doctrine is coming in to cause the divide and conquer and it's very, very, um, it's efficient. It works very well. And one of the reasons it works so well, and this is, um, this is the sad part, is um, a lot of Americans are very ignorant. And, um, you know, not everybody is a liberal or a Democrat, but some people are just downright ignorant. Um, sheeple, as I like to call them. You have a lot of sheeple. And um, I actually know of some girls that supposedly just went to one of these um, demonstrations, um, BLMs in my um, my uh, area. And it makes me really sad because I know these girls and they should know better than that. But I know what they would say. Oh my God, that poor guy, innocent guy was murdered, blah, blah, blah. And you know, and it's just kind of like, you know what? Like I said earlier, I do not argue the fact that I would charge that police officer as well because that was what we seen on the videos was very suspect granted we didn't see all the videos and the videos were censored but that's another podcast for another time the truth of the matter is it was suspect and i definitely think a manslaughter charge is due but the thing is with all the stuff that goes on in the world why are we worrying about this one little guy um you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would love to know how many babies are aborted a day. And babies are totally innocent. But, you know, even the black ones are innocent too. So you're killing black babies, killing white babies, out of Latino babies. Come on. Why aren't you burning down a city over that? Those, those childrens are innocent. They have never done anything. You're not saying a word about that. But this guy who was a criminal... He had a record that is about five pages thick. And on top of that, they were responding to him doing criminal activity. And he resisted arrest. That is not a death warrant, just for any of those that thinks it is. It's not. Just doing those things does not deserve you to be killed. However, I will clarify that no matter what um, <laughs> sex, race, Religion or whatever you are, resisting arrest from the police can cause injury. Um, my father, who, you know, needless to say, is a white man or was a white man, he's no longer with us, Lord uh, rest his soul. But um, in his latter days, he was pulled over, and this is in the 2000s, 
for DUI, and he actually resisted arrest, and one of the cops, who was white, threw him on the ground, and then promptly kicked him in the face. And um, I say that laughing because, you know what, he deserved it. The thing is, I know my dad. I unfortunately fought him once. He's a tough old bird. The thing is, he deserved it. You you can't, you know, you were breaking the law. You were driving erratically. The cops pulled you over and you got out and attacked them. And you got handcuffed and kicked in the face. Um, whatever, you know. So he was he going to sue them for white-on-white violence? I mean, granted, as a police officer and a professional law enforcement, I do hold them to higher standards because they are enforcing the law. And what those that police officer did to my dad, he should not have done. But the thing is, you know what, the two of um, lesser evils, I'd much rather that my dad got kicked in the face for driving drunk and resisting arrest and God knows what else he did than my dad drive and, and run into a minivan full of children and kill them. So the thing is, which is the greater crime? But that is another thing that I'll point out with all these um, these deaths of these men that um, black men that they have publicized so heavily is um, all these men were criminals um, committing, and a lot of them were committing crimes at the time when they were stopped. And that seems to not register with these sheeple. And the thing is, but like I said, our liberal media is using the discontent to fuel that rage. And the thing is, these crimes are never really brought mentioned heavily. Um, you know, I, I um I love this one about this jogger guy. Now that that one is a whole new animal, um, because that wasn't law enforcement that shot him. And oh, and for the record, regarding those guys that did that, I'm I'm glad they're being charged. The thing is, that was kind of an aggravated murder, if you ask me. They they honestly should have called law enforcement and let them handle it. Maybe if they wanted to chase him from a distance, that's probably what I would have done. But to actually engage him, you're asking for trouble. And um, as, as an advent gun carrier, and um, I do meddle in issues. Like if I see a crime committing, I will, I will get involved very cautiously. That's where I say that they messed up. Is like, like I said, when you carry a firearm and you decide to get involved in stopping a crime, you have to be very careful. Because, you know, it's not like in the movies where everything is cut and dry. Things are not cut and dry. Sometimes things aren't what they seem. Sometimes you're just best off leaving things alone. And that's most of the time what I do. If you see something, it's just best to, you know what, just report it and let the police police come. You know, and the thing is, what I was pointed out to somebody regarding that fellow is the thing is he was allegedly stealing stuff from a, um, that job site. From what I understand, there was video cameras everywhere and he didn't physically steal anything. But one thing that I like to do is look at people's past. And that that fellow, uh, I believe his name was Edmund, had a record for stealing. He had an actual criminal record for stealing. It'd been one thing if it was me that got in that, or, or I won't say me, I'll say my brother. Because apparently my brother loves going into new construction houses that he has no business to be in. He does not steal. He's not like that. But the thing is, he's just nosy. 
And, you know, if it's not posted, he, I guess he just marches on in there, whatever. But so that being said, as people do sometimes, because if you've ever been in a new construction home, it is really interesting. And especially if you've been in the trades and whatever, a lot of us like to just go in and critique stuff. Or I guess my brother does. I don't go in the one without permission or the owner, but that's just me. But that being said is if it was like, say, my brother and, you know, you ran the record and it turns out the boy has no no criminal record whatsoever. He doesn't do stuff like that. That's one thing. But when you have a criminal record of stealing, you know, you do something like that, you are kind of guilty by past. And the thing is, you can say, well, that's not fair. Well, but that's how it is. You know what? If you have a reputation for stealing and I see you in my yard, I don't think I want you in my yard. I'm calling the police. Um, or maybe shooting at you, especially if I, we were from Georgia. No, I'm just kidding. But you see what I'm getting at. And that's one of the things where with all these people, these so-called guys that were innocent, that were killed, these guys all have records that are usually very long. So that kind of takes some of that innocence away. But you don't, again, I remember petty theft is not a death warrant. Like, you know, if this guy did steal something and he was charged for stealing he wouldn't get the death penalty. But the thing is, um, anytime that you start committing crimes, and then no matter how small they are, if you then resist um, police intervention, you're asking for serious trouble. Okay, back to this boy Edmund. Obviously, they were not law enforcement. They shouldn't have gone after him. That was a bad idea. We don't, the videos that are online are very inconclusive, and we don't know exactly what happened. You know, but it it doesn't look good for the for the guys who shot him. And we and you know you just you know the Bible says to not you know we're not supposed to rejoice in the death of the wicked. And the thing is, I don't care if the man was a thief, criminal, or if, or if he wasn't. The thing is, I don't want to hear about people getting killed. It doesn't make me happy. Um, so so that being said, that that's a little bit unique to the cases that the the liberal media is throwing out there at us, but. Um, um, I'm sorry, I just got a text message here. It distracted me. But, um, hey, I'm going to have to let this episode go. That's actually fairly important. Um, so we're going to leave off there, but we'll finish this one another day. Thank you so much for listening. And um, God bless you and God bless America.